0: Hello, welcome to a new episode of Content Rookie. Today's episode is gonna be a little bit different since I would say it's a little bit more philosophical and less really evolving around a certain topic. I have my friend Jürgen on the podcast with me today. He's a senior copywriter and UX writer that I've known for many years and was actually one of my big inspirations for getting more into copywriting. And we talk about all kinds of things, specifically how our different backgrounds contribute to our copywriting. His background is as a musician, for example, and he's also worked a lot with young adults and children in supporting those. So I think it's a really interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jürgen. So tell us a little bit about who you are.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, my name is Jürgen. I live in Stockholm. Uh, I am a copywriter slash UX writer and a music producer. I've been uh, working as a copywriter for, I think, about a decade, wow. give or take. Uh, I mean, I used to say I used to say six to seven years for a few years. So now I've sort of bumped it up to to 10 i'm gonna say 10 years for a couple years now
0: i'm happy that you do that too because i'm kind of the same i used to say like yeah i have two years of experience and then that just went from one day to the other to four years of experience and now i've kind of lost count so i give pretty much random numbers maybe we shouldn't share this so openly but (laughs) (laughs) potentially we're not the only ones it's just really hard to classify i think like freelance experience specifically since it's usually a little bit more intense than the in-house experience when writing.
1: Absolutely. And I think also from from another perspective it's not when you're doing it it's not that interesting how long you've been doing it for. It's just one that it's just a number you have to dig up sometimes for a for a for an interview or something.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, but I think I'm pretty interested in your background as a musician. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Well, So I've always been or almost always been making music and playing guitar and singing and stuff like that. Uh, and when I was uh, younger and I was in bands and we put out records and stuff, we I always I was usually the one writing the song lyrics, uh, of course, but I also was usually the one who ended up writing uh, press material, artist biographies, that type of, sort of blogging from the road and, you know, that, that sort of just, I guess, content creation. Right. And uh, so, so I did that just because uh, I, I don't know, I just ended up doing it and I didn't really, I didn't even know that that, that was a real job when I actually sort of came into doing it. And, and eventually I got asked uh, um, from uh, like record labels and, and PR agencies to, to write stuff for other artists and other bands. And that's when I realized, oh, okay, <laughs> oh, people do this for a living. Well, that sounds easy. I should probably do that. Uh, and uh, so I took some training at, at uh, Baris here in Stockholm, Badis mm-hmm. School of Communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, quit my the job I had at the time and just went freelance as a writer. Cool i think though um, like i've been I'm thinking, i've been thinking about why like why writing i've never been i've never had aspirations to become a an author or a poet or a journalist or anything like that but right. but i think i realized uh, that, that from from my work in music as a songwriter I sort of learned to uh, to work creatively. I learned uh, things about creative process and artistic process and stuff like that. And then from the day job I had at the time, which was working as a sort of a counselor for for uh, teenagers who had uh, had it rough and couldn't couldn't stay at home and had like addicts for parents and stuff like that. I learned uh, things about uh, building and maintaining good relationships. Right. Uh, And empathy and all that kind of stuff. And that's been also, so I sort of paired creative work with, uh, I guess, empathy and an interest for relationship building. And uh,
0: yeah yeah that's really interesting and so i assume that almost kind of comes in as like a user research component before you start your writing process right yeah
1: a little bit usually uh well yes definitely it's just that uh in recent years i haven't had to do uh a lot of research myself uh but people around me Like, I mean, I work usually in teams where there's a research and insight function. So I get things boiled down and spoon fed to me, which is very luxurious But sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess the whole idea uh, is to just put yourself in the reader's shoes or a user or customer or whatever you're calling them at your specific uh,
0: gig. Yeah, but I, I think that's a really smart reflection because I sometimes think back like when I first got into a writing many, many years ago and how it's different or how it was different then from how it's now. And I think what you just said is pretty much to the point because like eight, nine years ago when I was doing my first writing gigs, there was no such thing really as user research, or maybe there was, but my clients certainly didn't care about it. So that was such a big part of the writing process. And now, yeah. Yeah, of course, in a lot of cases, you actually get that spoon-fed, like you said, but um, I still sometimes feel like I'm usually very critical of the data I get from from user research and try to still kind of pose my own questions because I just think it's really important to to keep that perspective.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes um, I, I'm not usually critical when it comes to what, like, if you're a researcher and you talk to to people and like, well, do your research, basically. Uh, I sometimes am critical uh, when it comes to, um, re- like, the inside part of, like, Okay, so we found x, y, and z, and therefore we need to do yeah
0: the conclusions.
1: These three things. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, usually, usually I can maybe have a question or two about that. Like maybe we could solve this problem like this or like that, or don't solve it at all. I don't know. But
0: uh, yeah, that's really interesting. But so just for the listeners because they may like to hear this you were actually one of the first really professional copywriters i ever worked with and you really inspired me to get into this career more so oh cool that's (laughs) that's
1: uh i didn't know that that's wonderful to hear thank you
0: i didn't know if you were Uh... aware of that and. I think every time i refer you to a client that is looking i keep saying that so um yeah you've always been a really big inspiration to me and i think one of the reasons why i really looked up to your work was that i felt like you you had a pretty good grasp on what you were doing i've i've worked with a lot of writers and copywriters over the years and sometimes it feels like they're pretty much just guessing into the blue and trying to just hit exactly what the client Wants rather than what the user wants. So I wonder if you can see a connection between that, that you really focus on the user and your musical background.
1: Huh. Oh, that's, uh, that's like a whole bunch of very kind words. Thank you, Nicole, <laughs> uh, first of all. Uh, I think. Hmm. I, I, it's, uh, tricky to answer i think the musical thing mostly i mean when i write songs uh it's not then i usually don't think about the listener Mm. Uh, that's interesting uh, i think i don't know what i think about (laughs) actually but that's just me Making my art, kind of a thing. I guess it's on one level. It's for me, and I do what I want and what I like when I want and like it. But so I don't, I don't go to, through. Uh, I don't take a whole lot of steps to just to become accessible to a listener when I make my music. Uh, so most of that is probably just pure luck. Uh, if if like anyone stumbles upon my work and and gets something out of it, but as a uh, as a, a, write, a copywriter uh, and and sort of in relations to clients, maybe I draw more from my experience with uh, with counselling work. Exactly. Mm. Uh, so I sort of take the position that someone needs to sort of speak up for the user. I don't want it to be this to sound overly dramatic but uh when you're in meetings with uh people who think only about uh the numbers like the money and the stuff like that yeah that's usually uh then it's usually uh sort of a role that's a role in the group that's missing can be user empathy uh, and it's an easy one for me to sort of Latch onto.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you say that because I've sometimes had these discussions as well. Like you know, I, I write a lot of poetry and short stories, um, and and people sometimes try to connect that to my work, like that I would know what to write because I also write poetry. But I actually, I think I have a similar process to you when I write poetry. I don't think about who's going to read it at all. I just think about how can I express what I'm feeling or what I've observed yeah. in a way that makes sense to me. And then in most cases, that actually makes a lot of sense to other people. So I wonder if that's maybe more of a, an obvious part of our work than we think, because it's in the end what makes our copy more humane.
1: Could be, yeah. Could be. Uh, I think also just from, uh, maybe you can relate to this uh, as a poet, uh, that the more... I've sort of noticed a shift in myself since I started, like m- making money from writing, like making my living as a writer.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, the art part of my life, like making music, writing songs, it's, it's sort of, it sort of become it's, it has become more important that no one but me owns that. Yeah, Uh I, it becomes important that I have my own thing and I don't, I'm not interested in feedback or whatever
2: yeah
1: i just do and that's sort of it's uh i mean it's it's not like i usually struggle with feedback at work or things like that but but it's it has become important for me to be able to be able to sort of build my own uh universe i guess yeah with uh with my art expression i think
0: think, yeah i think that's really interesting and i do think i feel pretty similar for me in general as like write form also be writing being both my art form and also my livelihood um, I just notice how my sanity really starts to crack when I don't have time to write my own stuff but you know sometimes yeah. you've spent your whole day writing or, or talking about writing um in meetings and then you, you kind of want to write your own things it just feels like all the words are already gone so so it can be very challenging for me to to make time for that and um i do sometimes like try to block out like one day in the weekend um or something like that to really just focus on my own writing and to and that definitely benefits my work because i remember a why i like it (laughs) and it also puts me more in tune with like the things i actually want to say and yeah yeah it's quite interesting
1: i noticed when i become when i became a full-time copywriter uh, uh i uh almost completely stopped writing song lyrics mm. and i started making i make a lot of instrumental music but I, I always used to write i write music with my wife and i have a, a few songwriting friends where i usually uh, help out with lyrics but it was like i can relate to that the thing you said about using up all your words at work and then just don't have have nothing to bring to your own sort of yeah private notebook
0: yeah it's yeah. it's but a- i'm coming
1: back to it now i think it's uh something's shaken loose recently so i think it's coming again
0: yeah i think it's really important to create that space for yourself and that's something I am very bad at doing when when I go into like a busy period and I would still need to say no to things so I can actually do my own writing and kind of my own expression, but I don't prioritize it. And then actually overall, the quality of my work, in my opinion, really suffers. I mean, it's it's not so visible to the clients. They're, they're most of the time, of course, they're still happy, but I feel like I sense a shift in how I write. So... Yeah, I think it's quite tricky in general when you are an artist and you have that part uh, in you. And also, of course, wanting to produce and wanting to be productive and like help the business. For me, it's always like yeah. there's an old quote in one of my favorite classics from Goethe in Faust where he says, mm-hmm. two souls live in my chest and like one of them really just doesn't want to work at all you just want to do art and <laughs> you don't believe in any of the systems especially capitalism and then the yeah. other one kind of still wants to make it work somehow and be a productive member of society and it's like a lifelong struggle yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's a... but i think it's uh i mean earlier uh when i haven't yeah earlier i probably th- Thought about it more as I'm giving away creativity to my, my work life. Hmm. Uh, and it's sort of, it's, uh, and I'm taking it from my sort of art creativity. But in recent years, I've sort of realized, or maybe something's changed, that they're becoming more and more the same. So if I give something from my, it's not like I, I used to think I had two buckets. One was uh, like my personal creativity that I could use for my art. And one was a bucket of creativity that I could use at work.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: But I think they are, it's one bucket or like one, they sort of fill each other up. So if I'm having fun at work and being creative at work, that helps my art. And if I uh, am, having fun with my art my work uh enjoyment sort of goes up and if i stop making art uh, i get eventually bored with work yeah. uh, and i think my writing suffers from
0: it yeah i think that's that's really on point i think it's similar for me even though maybe i mean i hope i get where you are now with age but um I still sometimes struggle pretty <laughs> critically with with this kind of too too focused focus in my life. So, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's not like I never struggled with it, but I seem to have, have found a balance that usually works.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah, that's really intriguing. Mm. But do you see any other parallels? How like creating music impacts your work as a copywriter?
1: Well, uh, yeah. I mean, from a pure like songwriting standpoint, writing lyrics for songs and melodies mm-hmm. and uh, musical phrasing in general, I've found I've found it sort of. Blends really well with uh, maybe copywriting in general, probably copywriting in general, mm. but absolutely for UX writing, because and like microcopy stuff, because you're uh, you're usually sort of cramped for time or for for space. You need to say something uh, important in. Like one sentence, or half a sentence, or two sentences, if you're <laughs> if you're lucky. Hmm. Uh, so be able to sort of uh, sift through the just getting to the point, basically, uh, of what you need to say, and then doing that in a sort of artful way with uh, with uh, with creativity and uh, a little bit of. Charm and beauty mixed in. uh, That's sort of that's something that I've really. um, I just brought it over from music, basically.
0: Yeah, 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 I I I can definitely see that. I think it's maybe a little bit similar for me with poetry. And I'm just gonna ask you now, and you may not want to answer this, but do you feel like? copywriters and specifically ux writers if you know any others that maybe have a more creative background instead of the traditional i think often ux writers come from very traditional either technical writing or content strategy or maybe even design do you feel that like that the ones that come from more creative disciplines are maybe better at uh. infusing microcopy with the right tonality
1: uh. I, mean, I don't I, I don't really I would probably say I would guess so
2: mm.
1: I I don't know I haven't sort of looked into it and I usually don't uh, compare what I write with what the, what others write I I don't look so much at, at other people's writing but I would say for uh, for UX writing it's uh, since it's so, uh, you have so many restrictions. With uh, it, it can be like character counts and it could be technical restrictions, or design restrictions, or like the functionality of the thing you're writing about. Uh, mm-hmm. Things like that. It's just so the framework is usually pretty stiff. Yeah. So if you can, if you can. And and that's why and, and that's where sort of if you if you're not really really uh, conscious about where to infuse uh, tone of voice and like brand brand stuff, it can become really really dry. Yeah. So if you come from uh, my hunch is that if you come from like uh, a background as a poet or a songwriter or whatever, mm. uh, you'll have an easier time getting the getting the brand whatever brand you're working for to sort of come through in those really cramped corners of a service whether it's just an error message or whatever like a half a line of copy somewhere that might make someone smile or you could just write it like uh, a developer would write it and it'll be functional but dry
0: yeah usually That's really
1: interesting. Uh, I don't don't want to sort of shit on developers. They're great. (laughs) Yeah, of course they're
0: great. Um, (laughs) But I wonder, like, when you meet new clients or you maybe pitch a new client, do you feel like the fact that you have a, a little bit of a more diverse background in regards to what you've done before, does that benefit you? Do they see the value in that? Or do you feel like they're more looking for the traditional writer or technical writer or something like that?
1: I think it's, uh, maybe this also, is also, uh, an age or experience thing. I end up in fewer and fewer situations where people don't get what I'm about, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And usually it's, I can feel it pretty early on in the process where like, I don't think they're hearing what I'm, uh, this, this things can sort of feel, a little bit off, mm. and then I usually know that, okay, further down the line, they're going to have some feedback about uh, something that I'm not willing to, sort of, Compromise. Accommodate. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because, I'm, I mean, usually I'm super easy to work with. Uh, but but there's, there's also, like, I'm usually, I'm easy to work with if we're a good match. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. I mean, I could. It's not. Uh, I don't think I could work with like anyone or on anything.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I know for a fact I can't. But, but <laughs> and but it's just that that it just seems to me that the the more um, the longer I keep working like or the longer of a career I have, the the more is maybe I'm becoming sort of more clear to people. Yeah. why they would want me and if they want someone else then or they want something else then there's usually plenty of people who provide that but then
0: yeah, yeah. i think that's really Maybe interesting. I'm just rambling here. no i think that's really interesting i i think i do a pretty similar thing where i've really kind of geared my whole like in quotation marks personal brand towards like showing clearly that i'm a little bit different and i'm for example in my case quite opinionated and uh, also pretty picky on the projects i want to work on Um, and that has definitely helped me because i think the the clients or the companies that want to work with me they Mm -hmm. kind of already know what they're getting themselves into and then they reach out because (laughs) they want that at least in most cases it works not always of course like you say like last year i had a i took a client um and it didn't work out at all because essentially they wanted somebody that would write academic copy for them and like it just wasn't a okay. good fit and it was a quite depressing and frustrating process so i ended up like giving the project to someone else but i think yeah. being very vocal about who you are is definitely super helpful
1: i also found that when when it's a good match uh you usually don't have to do as much work to get the job, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Uh, it usually just there's a meeting or two where you talk about stuff. And uh, at some point, I get to say, well, it seems that I can help you with the thing you need. So should we give it a try?
0: Yeah. And
1: that's, if things work out well, that's just about all it takes. Uh,
0: exactly. Uh, I think it's
1: a a chemistry thing and well there's a lot of factors but yeah
0: it's a little bit like dating let's be honest it's a lot about the chemistry and the first impression and yeah but that's I think the good point about being a little bit more creative maybe or like a little bit more maybe untraditional could be the right word because i think Mm -hmm. people just like that to get some new wind and specifically when we're talking about bringing on consultants then you usually want something that is maybe like either a bit more specialized or a little bit extra to kind of to kind of add something to the product then i think it could potentially benefit the the client or the company to go with somebody maybe not the traditional yeah jane doe yeah yeah.
1: I think a designer I work with uh, uh, once said that the more sort of senior he gets, the fewer things he he does. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a narrowing down of your skill. So the higher, I guess, higher up on the ladder you are, yeah. the less concerned you need to be about uh, learning the newest animation tool or whatever. Yeah because you have, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a, I think it's a seniority thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it should technically also be like that because I mean, logically you should be able to charge more the more senior you get, so you would need to work less and then maybe can focus on more specialized things. Of course, in practice, it doesn't work for everyone that way, Um, but definitely I agree there.
1: And for me, I think there's definitely things I usually work in house as a consultant, but with like long projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually at least a year on my contracts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you're in house, and I'm usually uh, the only writer in the office mm-hmm. uh, that actually has that in my title, I work with a lot of people who are great at writing, but I'm the one who <laughs> gets paid to write, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Uh, but but I mean, since you're in the office, you end up doing like things that are maybe not on the on the on your job description. Yeah. Because you want to help out, and things come your way. Yeah. But I've re- also realized, and I do that, and I, I of course I do a lot of that because it's part of being just nice to the people you work with. Uh, but I have also realized there are some some areas of writing that I just. Uh, where I feel like a really, really bad writer, yeah. actually.
0: I-, I think we all have those.
1: Yeah. I think that uh, I'm a writer. I know I'm a, you know, I can write stuff. Uh, uh, I could probably like sort of manage almost any kind of a project, but I've realized that some stuff just sucks the soul out of me. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I sort of feel like I don't know why they're even asking me to do this. <laughs> like, it could be um, PR, like press releases, PR stuff, mm. blogs. I, I really suck at blogging.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: it's really weird. It's, it seems so unnatural to me <laughs> for some reason. <sighs>
0: I, uh, I I have that too. I think also a lot of my writing just is, is somewhat intuition, and it's just hard to use yes. that on like I don't know tech documentation or like. Mm. I also don't really enjoy writing concepts because I just think it's a lot of blah blah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I guess yeah, we all all have like you have to have, you have to have a few weak points.
0: I guess <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, Jürgen, but. Thank you so much. We've been talking for over half an hour, so I think it's time oh, really? to, to wrap things up for now. Yeah. So is there any any final words that you want to give to the listeners?
1: Uh, it was so nice to talk to you, Nicole. Thank you. Uh, I hope we can meet in person at some point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before too long.
0: That would be nice.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, for people who listen... I don't know, go check out my music, Jorgen Sherbian on Spotify.
0: Yes, um, I'll link it in the yeah. description as well.
1: Cool. You won't be able to find like your writer's portfolio online, I think. No, so don't worry about that. If
0: you want to hire Jorgen, mm. you just have to ask me for a reference and I'll send you his way. Yes. <laughs>
1: That sounds like a good funnel.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah.
1: You too. Take care. bye.
0: Bye. And that was it for today's episode. I want to apologize since I noticed while editing this episode that there are some background noise issues. I've tried to edit them out as good as I could, but they're definitely still there. Uh, I'll definitely try harder next time and to make sure that this doesn't happen again. That being said, thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you to all of you who reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email to ask me for additional episodes or to just give me some feedback. I really appreciate it. Please continue to do so. And let me know if there is a specific topic you think I should talk about next. I hope you tune in again soon. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nicole and this is Content Rookie.